everybody. Welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And I don't know if you agree with this, but it feels like forever since I've got to be with you. Uh, and there's some reasons for that. One is good, and that is my wife Pam did a takeover. It, it was two of the weeks. Then the other week I was supposed to be with you, um, I was exposed to somebody who had COVID-19, the coronavirus, and uh, Pam and I had to go into quarantine for 14 days. Uh, uh, kind of. Anyway, we did for 14 days until uh, the 14th day was over, which meant I couldn't be with you guys. And I was like, oh, no way. And there's so much going on in the world right now. Uh, so many things happening that um, I thought, well, if what's up with Pastor Chuck, let's talk about what's up. Let's talk about what's up. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that um, Pam and I are praying, our church is praying, our staff is praying for President and, uh, Trump and his wife, Melania. Um, I know that right now they're doing better. Praise God for that. But uh, I don't know about you, but when I heard that they both tested positive, the first thing is, Lord, spare them. God, watch over them. And by the way, I don't have to agree with the president to pray for the president. Uh, that's not the point. The Bible talks about praying for our leaders. And uh, by the way, I, I want to say this. I don't have to agree with the president to love the president and the first lady and to want the best for them and to not want their son, uh, their young son who's under 18, left without a mom and dad. And so uh, I believe that's just what God would want me to do and the heart God would want me to have. And so uh, we've been praying for them. Then one of my... Um, I, I, am, I guess I'll say the word heroes. Uh, Greg Laurie uh, was diagnosed. And uh, Greg Laurie is one of my favorite pastors, one of the best preachers of the Word of God there is. Uh, I still try to learn from him constantly. I tell all our young pastors, listen to Pastor Greg and learn from him. And, uh, I, and then Greg was just instrumental in so many people's lives um, that I know. And, and when he uh, tested positive and I, I'm understanding his symptoms are mild, um, that got to me too. Uh, and then um, on our Crossroads staff, I feel like we got a really big wake-up call uh, when one of our staff not only came down and was tested positive, but had to go into ICU. And if you uh, remember, Dr. Amy French was with us. Dr. French was one of the doctors that, that treated and oversaw her treatment. And it was close. It was really close. Um, and uh, she texted me, I'm, uh, to me, she texted, I'm scared, and I got it, you know. Um, and then now her husband's tested positive. And, and then I have uh, two of my uh, friends who are pastors uh, that are, by the way, younger than I am, in great shape, way better shape than I am. Both of them are in really great shape. Both of them tested positive, and their symptoms were severe. Um, and so really, really good friends. One of them, his wife is in a high, high, high risk category. And when he got it and then she ended up testing positive too, uh, we, we aren't sure who gave it to who first. Um, but he really got it bad. Praise God. She's okay. Uh, and he, I hope is going to be okay. But, um, you know, so, so we're in a place right now where we're hearing a person after person after person. That's a part of our world part of our lives that we share lives together who are somehow some way getting this and um I, I feel like that that's what we ought to talk about today. Uh, we ought to talk about that. Uh, I know there's disagreement over how we should handle the coronavirus. I, I really do. Uh, but I would like to give you what's up with Pastor Chuck, my view. Uh, and I would say this, number one, I believe with all my heart it's real. Um, 
As a matter of fact, today the New York Times has an article and in it it says this, only cancer and heart disease will kill more Americans this year than COVID. Uh, I want you to listen to those words again. From the New York Times today, only cancer and heart disease will kill more Americans this year than COVID. COVID right now is the number one, number three killer uh, in the United States, the number three reason people lose their lives. That's not how many people are diagnosed or test positive. That's how many will die. Uh, and it says this already, the virus, already the virus, by the way, since March, has killed more than twice as many Americans uh, who have strokes or Alzheimer's disease. Four times as many who has had diabetes and eight times as many as either gun violence or vehicle accidents. Um, that's devastating. Uh, I've had people say to me, Pastor Chuck, you know what, it's no worse than the flu. Well, actually it is. Uh, the flu, uh, by the way, uh, uh, in the last count, uh, the CDC actually counts the flu and pneumonia together. In other words, they don't separate the two. So whenever we look at yearly numbers, it's hard to know how many are just the flu because they count pneumonia with that and they've done that consistently. So pneumonia and the flu combined kill 55,000 Americans in the last count. COVID right now is on track to kill a quarter million, 250,000 Americans uh, are going to die this year. Uh, matter of fact, that's a conservative number. The actual number they're estimating now is 300,000. Uh, but if you go with the conservative number, that's a lot of people, you guys. That's a lot of people. Um, and to have us not say, wait a minute, it's real, uh, is surprising to me. And I know some of you out there disagree on this, but I mean, I, for years, I'm not a doctor. But all of you who've been around my ministry for years, I've been studying and keeping up with uh, infectious disease because one of the signs of the last days is there will be a global pandemic that's going to kill one quarter of the world's population. So listen to this. The Bible says that one of the signs of the coming of the Lord are pandemics. And then it's pointing to a great pandemic that will come that will kill a quarter of the world's population. So I've been studying on infectious disease. I'm going to say since the 1980s, I've been keeping up with what's coming. I've been watching for the next move. And um, so I, I don't feel like I'm someone who's a novice at this. Am I a doctor? No. Have I been studying it? Yes. From, especially because of Bible prophecy. So when the Bible says this is coming, it's going to come. Now, I have had some people say this to me. Pastor Chuck, uh, would you take the same precautions you're taking if it was just the flu? Get ready for the answer, right? Would I take the same precautions I'm taking for just the flu? Uh, for this next strain, no. But one day the flu will, not might, will mutate into an H5N1 strain, it will be more deadly than the coronavirus. It will be more deadly than COVID-19. Way more deadly and way more infectious. Uh, as a matter of fact, it will be worse than the Spanish flu of 1918. That's coming. And, and, and most people who study this believe that when that mutation happens, one quarter of the world's population will die which is interesting. That's the number the Bible gives. Now, could it be something else? Could the Bible be telling us of another 
uh, a virus that's coming. Definitely. Just like the coronavirus seemed to come out of nowhere, definitely could it could be something other than H5N1. But let me tell you this. If the flu is the H5N1 strain, we will be at crossroads taking the same precautions we're taking now. And praise God, we now have a test run on this and more, not, not the same and more than we are with this. And uh, so every time we make a decision around here to protect people's lives and safety, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what if it was H5N1? What would we do? Because we'd have to do more. Uh, and, and when that happens, you think we're quarantining now. Uh, the safer at home will be nothing compared to what the government's going to declare and what you're going to want to follow in H5N1. Uh, by the way, the H5N1, when it comes, the kind of death someone dies will be horrific. It's, it's been described as your body liquefying on the inside uh, in, in, in a very, very painful way and happening very, very quickly from the onset of symptoms to the, the realization of death. Uh, and so uh, one of my team members, Chris, said, is this going to be a scary podcast? Yes, but it's one based on reality. Um, so I want you to know that, that I take this very seriously, but I think this is a test run. This is a wake-up call to the one that's coming. Uh, in the same way, I think when President Trump tested positive, that was a wake-up call. The most, you know, uh, a man who has the access to the greatest medical uh, um, expertise in all the world, the free, the leader of the free world. I mean, uh, I know some of you would say he should have taken more precautions, but he has way more access to health care than anybody else. And that was a wake-up call. That was a wake-up call. So right now, right now, I, I see that it's real. So if someone says it's not real, well, we're going to disagree. And hopefully we can disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, Rick Warren says that. Christians ought to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. But, but I do see that as a big deal. And that guides a lot of my decision-making. Does everybody on my staff agree with what I'm deciding to do? <laughs> No, uh, there's no, well, the, I have two staff members in here, socially distanced, laughing right now. No. <laughs> Do you have to be, agree with me to be on staff? No. Uh, no, God, that'd be really bad. Uh, we want we want to be able to be honest with each other. And it's okay that we have some of this. The problem for, the, not the problem, the reality is in the end, I've got to make a call. And I have a group of elders I'm accountable to, but right now we're in unity. And uh, when all of this hit, we believe God prepared us for this. The elders and I believe God prepared us for this. Uh, we believe things, of, and I won't go into all of it, but we believe the way we were preparing for online, uh, the way we were looking at ministry, the way we were doing some of the things we were doing uh, prepared us for this. But as soon as it hit, uh, I went right away into prayer. If you haven't uh, gotten into our Isaiah journal, study the 30th chapter, and it talks about you always make plans by consulting God. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And uh, I asked God, what would you want us to do? And I believe that God called me, and I really believe this, to uh, come to what I would call guiding principles. It's our moral compass. That no matter how chaotic things get, we look back to these three things. Uh, no matter how circumstances go, we go back to these three things. Uh, and we're using them. We used them then when we came up with them. We're using them now. Uh, to make the decisions we'll make. 
uh, because I want to tell you, I think the world changes day by day. If some of you ask me, uh, what are we going to be doing in December? I'll get super honest and say, I don't know, but our guiding principles will get us there. What are we going to do in January? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know, uh, but our guiding principles will get us there. And for Crossroads, I'm not judging any other church. For Crossroads, we have three guiding principles. Number one, the church is not closed. Uh, we never closed the church. Uh, we are not closed. I, I don't want to take a long time on this, but I do want to tell you in the month of September, over 100 people made decisions for Christ here at Crossroads. Uh, this last weekend, we had the largest women's conference we've ever had in the history of the church. Uh, and it was awesome. It was off the charts incredible. We are planning a singles conference, a men's conference. Uh, we're planning couples conferences. Uh, we have our children's ministry doing online and on campus here. Uh, we have our, our junior high, our high school, doing on ministry and on campus here. Our CM Ministries doing dynamic ministry uh, and it has some on campus here by their choice, by the way. Um, and, and we have an outdoor service on our campus uh, that is, I believe, safe according to the guidelines. And so we're doing great ministry here and online. Uh, and we've seen people making decisions for Christ all around the world. Uh, we've watched people affected recently in South Africa, uh, which I think is cool. And, and by the way, we love our local congregation. We love our church family uh, uh, spread out across the world. So um, we're not closed. So that was number one. We don't feel a pressure uh, uh, that we have to reopen. Uh, some people say that. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this, do not forsake the gathering together of the body, which is the habit of some. We're still gathering. By the way, back then when that was written, they didn't gather in a building. That's not about a building. The church is not a building. Uh, please, if you're thinking, no, we've got to be inside a building. The church is not a building. And as a matter of fact, another sign of the coming of Jesus is a worldwide persecution. When that hits, we will not be meeting in buildings. Uh, I don't think, by the way, in the United States, we're being persecuted right now. But when that, I think we will. I think maybe this is setting up persecution of Christians. But when that happens, we won't be meeting in buildings. We'll still honor Hebrews 10, 25 and not forsake the gathering of the body. Uh, the largest group of Christians that meet together in China meet in house churches. Uh, and they rotate the houses they meet in because the church is not a building. So uh, do I want to be back in the building one day? And is it okay that you want to be back in the building one day? Yes, it is. And uh, you know what? I, I, would, I would love. I, I love preaching with you and teaching with you and seeing your faces. And, and, and do I love it when our building's packed? Does that feed me? Yes. Is that the church? The people are. The building isn't. And uh, so we, number one, no, we've never been closed. Number two, we're pro-life. We're pro-life. Um, it's interesting how uh, some people have tried to twist that, but we believe that life in the womb, life outside the womb is valuable, is precious to God, and that we ought to do things to benefit other people. Uh, let me read you a scripture real quickly. Uh, it's one of my verses that I think about as we make decisions. Jesus said this about himself, but if I want to be like Christ, I have to have the same attitude. And it's John 15, verse 13. It says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. I recently did have someone say, 
Pastor Chuck, come on, don't you miss preaching in the building? And I told you, I, I already did tell you I do. But it's not about me. It's not about what I like. It's not about what makes me happy. As, as your pastor, I've never had that uh, guide me. I've never had that motivate me. See, I love our church. By the way, if you're not part of our church, I love you too, but I love our church. And every decision I try to make, every time I gather our leaders together, the decision we try to make is what would God want us to do and how would that be a way of caring for the people in our church? Um, in our church family is Ella. Ella is two years old. Ella is fighting and, praise God, winning a battle with leukemia. She's the precious daughter of Tim and Kathy Roberts, and Tim oversees our, our creative arts ministry. And I want to tell you, I think about Ella when I make these decisions. I, I don't want to make a decision that would cause Tim to be exposed to the coronavirus. I don't want to be the person to do it, and I don't want to be the decision maker that made it happen so that this two-year-old little girl could not have her dad for 14 days. I would never never want that just two weeks of taking her away would not be okay taking him away from her i want to tell you this if ella were to get it gosh even now if ella were to get that because of me because of me showing weak leadership me not caring for the people of our church more i would not be okay with that I don't think God's going to be okay if I do that. If I, I'm going to stand before God one day and be responsible for what I've done as your leader, as one of your leaders. And I'm not going to, I don't want to stand before God and say, I put that little girl at risk. Because that's not what God would say is okay. He would say, Chuck, you should lay down your life for her. You lay down your needs for her. You know, and so I, I want to say, not meanly, but if it's about you sitting in a comfortable seat in an air-conditioned building, and that's what Christianity is, it's not. Because you're going to sit in a comfortable seat in your house and, and be able to get the teaching and the connection. But it is about us making sure this little girl is cared for and is safe and that she lives. I pray she lives. We prayed and fasted she lives. We believe God is answering our prayer with her. And by the way, Ella's not the only one. It's every other child in our church. And people with disabilities in our church who are in high-risk categories. Um, and people who are elderly in our church. Uh, the chairman of our elders is named Mike Underwood, and he has his wife, Diane. Uh, they're both in their 80s, and they're both, oh, I don't know if Diane will want me to tell that. <laughs> uh, but Diane's a breast cancer survivor. Mike is a graduate of West Point, and he, he served our country in a stellar way. I do not want to make a decision that would put them at risk. Uh, Mike's a man's man, but he agrees with me. We don't make those kinds of decisions. His son is an acclaimed doctor. By the way, his son's a medical doctor. He's acclaimed in his field to teach other doctors and, and oversee a lot of the COVID response in New Mexico. His son agrees with the decisions we're making. Not everyone else does. And by the way, it's not a popularity contest anyway. But um, it's a guiding, it's a guiding principle. Um, and so we make that principle based on being pro-life. Now, 
right now, the state of California is saying that it's not safe for us to have more than 100 people in the building. Uh, do I agree with that? No, I don't agree with that. I think in our building, we could have 1,500 people and be safe. Um, but right now, right now, we know we can be outdoors and be safe. And we know we can make good decisions to be safe. And, and by the way, we're watching God do great things, and we're watching all that happen. But we always are approaching it by what is, what is pro-life? How do we protect life in this? Uh, the third thing is we're only going to do things that are meaningful. We've never been a church that just goes through tradition. We've never been a church that just goes through the motions. Uh, if you ever get to around, be around Crossroads people, they have a passionate commitment to Christ as cause community. And we want to be for real. We want to be for real in our love for God and our passion to see the lost reached uh, in, in being a true church family. And so we always want to do that in a very real way, which means, by the way, we're also very honest about who we are. Uh, um, I, as your pastor, try not to make sure I'm I'm ever putting on a show for you. I want to be the same person uh, that you see either on camera or on stage. And again, I have two of my staff here right now, and I think they would tell you I never pretend to be perfect. <laughs> okay, they're laughing, and they, they would thumbs up I'm not perfect. Uh, but part of being real is being authentic. And so we want to make sure every time we meet together, it has that to it. And so as we look at forward to what's coming in the coming months, we want to make sure we're providing meaningful, real experiences because we don't believe the church is closed. We believe we can provide, uh, we want to be pro-life and we can provide these meaningful, real experiences. So that's where we are today. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I believe if you have a major decision to make in your life, I hope you already have a moral compass to go by. Uh, so if you forget everything else I said, I'm going to say this. What's your biggest takeaway? What is your moral compass? As a Christian, number one is to honor and follow Jesus. So make sure that's at the top of the list. And then how do you operate according to his word? Uh, every time we get together to make decisions, we're asking how scripture guides us. Make sure you're in the word of God and scripture is guiding you. But you may need to make some other decisions. If you're a dad, your moral compass might be what's best for my kids. Uh, and I'm going to make a decision about my children over my happiness. Uh, what's best for my wife? Uh, and, and you make that decision. Uh, if you're single, uh, I want to say this. All of you who are single out there, if you believe God one day is going to bring someone to you, Tracy, I mean, uh, all you single people <laughs> and Marlon. Uh, but here's the thing. You ought to be making a big part of your decision-making process on how you can be the right person when they come into your life. So you're giving that person the, your very best. And, and so I think you actually think that way and, and have fun with that. And, and that's a part of your preparation and meeting them one day. And I'm, then I'm praying that you have them do the same for you. They bring their best to you. They bring who they are and in, in growing to be the kind of godly person God would want them to be. Uh, in, in your job life, uh, some of you are going to at times have to make some moral decisions there uh, and ask what your convictions are. Have those, have those aligned ahead of time. And then when you pray and seek God, you get out that moral compass and say, God, how do I make sure and never veer off course? And then you'll get to the place God wants you to be. So uh, I wanted to share all that with you today. I've had actually a few people again saying, 
Pastor Chuck, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Uh, what do you think we should think? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to necessarily tell you what to think, but, but I will tell you to go by God's word and, and do seek God. And, and then maybe today was food for thought. Uh, if you agree, uh, hit the like button. If you disagree, go ahead and hit the dislike button. Uh, leave a comment either way. Email me at chuckatcrosswordschurch.com. But all of this, hey, let's do it in love. Let's do it in love. And let's try to seek what God would want and what's best for each other. And you know what Paul the Apostle said in the book of Philippians, never look out for your own personal interests, look out for the interests of others. And and let's do that more than ever today. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you, um, we are super excited about some things coming up. Uh, and I have a, a huge surprise that's going to happen uh, at the end, on the last Wednesday night in October. I can't remember the date, uh, but go ahead and mark that uh, the 28th, the 28th. Uh, uh, so October 28th, get ready. Uh, by the way, if you're watching this afterwards, go back and see it. But I have a big surprise for you on October the 28th. I want you to get ready for that. It's going to be cool. But hey, I hope that you're on tomorrow night as we understand what God is doing behind the scenes in your life and how God's will works. We're going to talk about the sovereign will of God and the permissive will of God and dig into that together. You need to hear this good, good stuff from the Bible. And then this Sunday, uh, this Sunday, we go back into Isaiah and it's a powerful section of Isaiah. But by the way, if you missed it, uh, I, I need to shut this down. But if you missed it, last weekend's message on the apocalypse, according to Isaiah, you got to see that and hear that. But anyway, God bless you. May God's spirit be upon you. May his promises be revealed to you. And may you live, may you really live an incredible life. God bless you guys. See you soon.